Everything F1, driven by fans for the fans. EF1 podcast. Hello and welcome to the Everything F1 podcast, where we're going to talk to you about all the things about this week's upcoming Imola Grand Prix. Stay tuned. Hello and welcome to the Everything F1 podcast. With me today, we do have Sponge. Hi, Sponge. Hello. We have Adam. How are you doing, Adam? I'm good. <laughs> and we also have a special guest today. It's We've got George Housen from the Grid Talk podcast. How are you doing, George? Doing just fine. Very, very much thank you, James. Thank you for having us on. Good to be here. Oh. Looking forward to this. <laughs> You're very welcome. You're very welcome. Hopefully... Uh, we will be gentle. <laughs> it's all right, mate. Be as rough as you like. I can take it. <laughs> as always, folks, you can find us on all social medias. We are on Facebook at JoinEF1, Twitter at JoinEF1, and Instagram at the exact same address at JoinEF1. We're also on YouTube. We've got our own Discord server. So this week, we're going to be talking about all things F1 and, of course, about the upcoming Emilia-Romagna Grand Prix in Imola. So first things first, should we talk about what news we have had around the paddock? Sponge, have you noticed anything that you wanted to chat about today? Uh, yeah, the first thing, obviously, with uh, the death of um, Prince Philip, um, they have now changed the schedule. Um, so FP1, I believe the whole thing has been changed around. Um, but I know for Formula okay. 1, FP1 is going to be 10 till 11 a.m., uh, FP2 mm-hmm. will be 1.30 to 2.30. Mm-hmm. FP3 has been moved forward on Saturday, I believe, to 10 till 11 a.m. Uh, yep. Qualifying will be 1 till 2, and the race will be 2 till 4 on the Sunday. Um, it's all designed, obviously, to work around the, the funeral of uh, Prince Philip. So Yeah, to be respectful yeah, and uh, work it. around that time. Those so, are all UK times as well, so if you're listening in a, in a different country, uh, adjust accordingly. Um, it just means, obviously, we're going to have a slightly earlier start for things. Um, so yeah, make sure you you pay attention to the times and uh, set your recording devices to an hour early. Hopefully, Sky Plus probably just keep it all all in time anyway. Um, Adam, has any article come to your attention this week? Yeah, I noticed that uh, Zach Brown had uh, said that uh, Andreas Seidel is the best um, team principal in Formula One. <laughs> Obviously, he's a bit uh, biased, but uh, you can see where he's coming from with how he's sort of worked the team to bring them back up. Um, he's done a great job. He's done a great job, are. but there, there is cl- a clear bias there. Um, what, what do you th- what do you think makes him the would would make him the best team principal on the grid at the moment? Well, I think a lot, well, a lot of people said you know because he's German. He's very, you know, uh, precise efficient. and structured and efficient, and he, you know, puts the right people in the right place and makes sure everything's working the way it should. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's like you see in a lot of teams, you know, once you get the right people in place, everything sort of comes together. It's not just one person. You could, you know, Zach Brown saying, "Oh, Andreas Seidel is the best team principal," mm-hmm. but Zach Brown has done his bit as well, yeah. and James Key with the car, you know, so that there's. Not just the team principal. I think it's the whole team coming together. Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for a team like that. Yeah, <laughs> I got you, Rusky. No, no comment. <laughs> uh, have you got an opinion on the uh, the best team principal on the grid, Sponge? While we're there, do you think uh, Sadel could be um, the man that is the number one principal? Uh, I think at the moment, probably yeah. I don't think there's anybody else that's kind of turned things around as much as he has in the last couple of years certainly um we all knew that he was good um you know it, it, i think it was audi that he was with before wasn't it from the, yeah. the le mans um mm-hmm. series so yeah was i think he's, he's come in and proved his worth yeah. say again was it not porsche he was with? He was with porsche. Uh, you're probably right actually yeah yeah so he, he's he's a he's obviously a great team principal he's doing a good job uh he's doing what he's what he's been employed to do um, but I think there is probably a, a touch of the uh, the bias for uh, from uh, Zach Brown there. Um, should we head over to our guest 
for the uh, the podcast. George, have you seen any news articles that you want to talk about at all this week? Uh, well, I'm not sure if it was this week, but there's a lot of rumours about um, about the Canadian Grand Prix being postponed this year, not being on, because it's one of them races, not like Australia, where they can just put it to the end of the calendar, because it, it's Canada, it'll be freezing cold, you can't <laughs> race when it's snowing. Although, chains on the admittedly, tires. yeah, exactly, we'd love to see it, don't get me wrong, but practically it could never work. No. Um, and they're on about bringing Turkey back in, which... Yeah, Turkey had, you know, it hosted a great race last season, but for me, that was a real one-off. That was because they resurfaced the track and it was cold and it was wet. It's not normally those things, especially in the summer. Mm. I'd personally rather see Mugello or Nürburgring or Hockenheim or a track like that in its place, but as always with F1, money talks, even for the backup races, so I think they probably will go to Turkey. Yeah. You, you, well, you might, you might be right. I actually quite like the Turkey track, but um, I, I'm hoping that they keep Canada. You know, it's uh, I think mm. what they, they the rumor is that it's uh, a fight over six million dollars um, to put on the race. Um, it, it's all about money, isn't it? At the end of the day, what, have you got an opinion on this, Sponge? Um, I'd like I'd like to see it stay. Yeah, uh, it's it's always been one of my favourite Grand Prix. Uh, I, I don't know if it was a toss-up between Canada staying and Imola staying. Mm-hmm. I probably would say I'd want Imola to stay. Okay. So I don't know. I, if it's six million pound that they're wrangling over, I think F1 need to kind of remember who was there for them last year. Yeah. Um. I don't know. It's it's all money, isn't it? At the end of the day, but I, I would like to see it stay. And thinking about. Obviously, Canada—it's—it's it's a north—it's a North American uh, race, isn't it? You know, they—they they want more, if anything, liberty. Being an American company, want more races over there. So it seems strange to kind of cut off their nose to spite their face type situation. Do you think yeah, they always have like sellout crowds as well? You yeah. know, it's, they, they always—they've got a massive fan base. Out, you know, yeah, yeah. We've had some great races there as well. Yeah, yeah. I think it'd be mm. daft for them to to let it go. I think it is. It's one of them. Um, what did they call them? Now the the um, the jewels in the crown or whatever they call it that they said they'd never get rid of. Yeah. But who knows? I mean, at the end of the day, money talks, doesn't it? Especially with what's been going on for the last year. No, no income coming in from the fact that there's been no fans there. Uh-huh. You know, everywhere's going to be feeling the pinch. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, I'd like I'd like to see it stay. So who would you prefer to? Which track would you prefer to keep on the calendar then, George? Obviously, you brought this uh, subject up. Is there a, a, a track that you'd prefer to stay? Would you? Or, or obviously, you said you you wouldn't like Turkey, but one of the other tracks maybe. Well, I wouldn't say I wouldn't like. It's not like I, you know, dislike Turkey. I think it is a good track, but I feel like it doesn't usually produce that many good races. Um, I mean, like I said, you know, if, if Canada's going to drop out, I like to see Magello come in. I'd, I'd personally rather us be racing at Magello this weekend than Imola. I do like Imola. Mm-hmm. I think it's a fantastic racing circuit. But for F1 these days, it's a bit narrow. It's hard to overtake. But the race last year was good. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, like I said, Nürburgring, Hockenheim, somewhere like that to replace Canada if it is gone. But obviously, I, I prefer Canada. It's a great circuit. Like you said, packed out crowds. Yeah. That's not going to be the case this year, obviously, but normally that is the case. You can overtake there. Mm-hmm. It usually just produce good races. And every now and again, you get rain like we did in 2011 and we get absolute, <laughs> absolutely incredible. I'll bring that race up whenever I can because I, I remember it was on really late at night. I think I was only like 15 years old and I had to be in bed for school at like, I think, uh, 10 o'clock, something like that. And the race just kept going on and on and on. And I just put, turned it down really, really low on the volume so my parents wouldn't know I was awake. So, and as a, but then I just ended up going nuts when Jensen Button took the lead and that blew my cover. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. As a Jensen Button fan, that's obviously one of my favourite uh, favourites. Mine uh, too. You know, favourite races of the last millennia or whatever. Um, Adam, have you got anything to add to this whole Canada situation? Yeah, I think it'd be very bad to lose Canada for another year. Um, I think we missed it a lot last year. Um, we've always got good racing mm-hmm. in Montreal um, but yeah you know there are tracks that could be just as good like um, like George said um, 
So we'll have to see. Yeah, money. I'm sure they'll they'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. They always seem to figure it out. If it's only about money, they can. They'll find it, it somewhere. Penny pinch. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. An interesting note to, to note for this year, in order for the F1 to go to Montreal in 2021, the government will need to adapt to its quarantine rules because there's no time in the F1 calendar for a 14-day quarantine uh, as the teams will be racing in Baku on June the 6th. So do you think this year's race is probably in trouble as well then, Adam? Well, it's a, I think it's a fluid situation. We'll have to see how it goes with vaccinations and things like that. Because mm-hmm. um, as we saw with um, Barry and you know, people that are quarantined or were vaccinated uh, were allowed into the track. So yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. It's still a long way away. So I think things will change rapidly between now and then. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, well, as I say, we I hope that Canada stays on the uh, on the calendar. It's uh, a great track. So uh, again, I, I'm with George and probably a few of you others here, and hopefully some of you listeners have a similar opinion to that. You'd like to see Canada remain on the calendar. And the next piece of news was uh, news that came in just before we started recording this podcast, and that was that Andrew James, the F1 technical director, uh, is actually stepping down next month. A little bit about J- uh, James is this, we, through his 25-year career, he has been a fund- fundamental part uh, in making F1 such a global hit. He's implemented technical systems to establish state-of-the-art broadcast centres and ensure the series has remained at the cutting edge of technology. Keeping the sport going, no matter what was the problem, was one of his many achievements. Uh, in 2019, at the Japanese Grand Prix, when there was a typhoon threat, it should have cancelled the race. But it, if had it not been for James, he swiftly relocated the media and technology centre. He also implemented remote operation facilities throughout the coronavirus, uh, and James has never let the sport down. There is currently no word on what James will be doing next, but what is clear from all of F1 is how appreciated he was. Uh, next news article to talk about. Uh, we had a little chat about sprint races last week, but we're going to talk about them again because it is such an interesting subject. Um, so they've proposed that we're going to have three sprint races this year at three different circuits. George, I'm going to come straight to you because we heard Adam's opinion last week and we'll, we'll let Sponge have his little rant at the end. Um, what do you think about sprint races? Is, is it going to be something that's good for the sport um, or do you think it's actually not needed? Oh, it's a tough one for me, this. I... Personally, I'm a bit of a purist when it comes to this stuff. I don't think it's needed, to be honest. I, It's great to have them in things like F2. I love how they revamped the F2 weekends this, this year with the three races, actually. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. But but with F1, for me, it's there's qualifying for the race, and then there's the race. It's the Grand Prix. It's the big event. Yeah. I feel like having this little sprint race as well mm-hmm. kind of take away from some of that. But from an entertainment point of view, we love to see, like, let's just say if it was like the F2, like, they do the qualifying, and that determines the grid for the regular Grand Prix, but then they reverse the top 10 mm-hmm. for the sprint race, something like that. It, it'd be great from an entertainment point of view, because you'd get Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen battling it out for 9th and 10th at the start of the race, but then you'd get those drivers being at the front anyway. Those guys are so quick, they'll just blast through anyway, unless it's like Monaco or... Maybe Imola, it's quite hard to take round, overtake round Imola as well. Mm-hmm. So my gut instinct is that we don't need it, but then we see races like what we're probably going to get in Spain and Paul Ricard and Monaco. I love Monaco, but the racing's not, it just doesn't exist really because yeah. there's no overtaking. Weekends like that make me think, oh, I wish we had a sprint race or something to mix it up. So after Bahrain, I'd say no, but after um, <laughs> after Spain, I might say, yeah, we need them. But overall, I'm saying I'm 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 kind of against them. I, I like how they're exploring the possibility of them, mm-hmm. but I feel like with the big regulation changes coming in next year as well, in theory that should make the racing better. I know we keep getting promised this again and again and again. <laughs> yeah. These changes will make the racing better. Yeah. We won't need DRS anymore and all this, and we still need it. So maybe finally we won't need something like a sprint race to revamp it. Oh, well, that, yeah, you make absolutely good points. In fact, it sounds like you uh, listened to last week's podcast because we came to kind of... I did. <laughs> <laughs> we came to kind of that conclusion uh, ourselves, to be fair. You know, it's... Uh, Coops was very much in the purist. He doesn't think it, he, we need it. But uh, we, we were very much... Uh, it's, it's worth giving it a shot. You know, it's something new, something maybe that we could enjoy. Um, and we've got to try it to see what happens, basically. 
Um, mm. you're, have you got a similar opinion on that, uh, Sponge? Because I think you weren't you weren't on last week's podcast either, so you, we haven't heard what your opinion is on the sprint races. Um, I, th- I think I am a purist, and I do like the fact that it's a Grand Prix. I mean, at the end of the day, Grand Prix is supposed to be a single race. Um, but I think over the last two seasons, the one the one thing that you can always guarantee causes a good race is uncertainty mm-hmm. and i think if mm. you've got you know if, if you've got some kind of um uncertainty in a sprint race mm-hmm. then go for it see how it goes you know if they're doing it as a test then fine yeah absolutely okay then so that's what we think about the possible sprint races we're kind of up for it um but are we sure whether we really need it Let's go into our Imola Grand Prix preview. It's a great circuit, isn't it? Who who here loves Imola? I'm, I'm going to have hey. a show of hands. Yeah, Sponge loves Imola. Adam loves Injilia. Yeah, we all love Imola. George loves Imola. I, I'm going to stick my hands up and and, and, and put, say that I'm a, a lover of the Imola racetrack, the Emilia-Romagna race circuit. Sponge, have you got anything that you want to discuss about the Imola race? What are you looking forward to the most? this weekend i just love going to imola i just love i love the track um I, i'll be honest with you i don't even care about the race as such i just love the prospect of going to imola okay i, I mean I, I i obviously doing sim racing i do a lot of racing around there in the gt freeze mm-hmm. on one of the games that i play and it's it's just an amazing place to to run and i've watched quite a lot of stuff um in terms of the minardi classic festival that they have over there as well yeah and listening to the the videos of the cars go round, Mm -hmm. it's i mean i went to monza in 2012 and i remember just how kind of enchanting it sounded as you were walking towards the track in the first place and i'd i got that same sense from imola right okay Personally, for me, the fact that I'm such a big Senna fan, uh-huh. it just probably it probably shouldn't, but it holds a special place in my heart for the fact that you know his statues there. Yeah. Um, I, I've always wanted to make the, like the the F1 pilgrimage almost, like to to see the statue and pay my respects and everything. Yeah. I mean, it, I love I love the history of the place. Because I love the fact that it's still coming through now. It's coming through the, its own the battle against its demons, and it's always had issues. But you look at the track now, the the revisions that they made in the mid mid two thousands, I think it was the last time that they changed it to make that long kind of start finish straight. Yeah, it's just it's a beautiful track. It's an amazing track, and I just I, I love the prospect of going racing there. I really do. Yeah, I know you were very happy last year when they announced it as uh, the, yeah. one of the one of the tracks that were going to take place during the coronavirus. So yeah, I, I, I sincerely hope that they keep it on as a race, you know, on on the calendar because I know that they're they're really keen, you know, the the organisers for the Emilia Romagna Grand Prix um, are really keen at keeping it on. And I really hope they do because I really want to go there. Do you think that means they'd have to alternate it with Monza, do a one year here, one year there kind of thing? Or There's no, it would just no be chance whatsoever of that happening. Permanent fixture. Absolutely no chance whatsoever. If if Miller is going to come on, it's either going to be as an extra race or it's going to replace something else. Um, but there's 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 big strong rumours going around that China might might end up coming off the the calendar. Mm-hmm. So I can I can see it taking that place to be perfectly honest with you at the start of the season, which would be amazing. Yeah. Um, and I hope it does. I really, really do hope it does. It, it, you know, it's it's long been my favourite track, not just for Formula One, but for everything else, bikes, cars, any any form of racing. Mm-hmm. Um, if they didn't have a damn pesky DRS zone, it would be <laughs> unbelievable. Um, so yeah, there's there's my two pence worth. Yeah, brilliant. No, absolutely. And it was 
well worth coming to you first because it's nice to hear such passion about a, th- a track uh, on the circuit. Um, what, what what are you looking forward to most uh, about the weekend, Adam? Yeah, just having F1 racing back after three weeks. <laughs> it's uh, it's felt like so long. Given that we had such a long, well, not a long winter, but it felt like a long winter, and then you get one race, and then it's a three week break, and like I just want another race. Um, yeah. But as Spon said, I remember long time ago um racing uh emla in one of the f1 games mm-hmm. uh years ago and i still remember it now i think it's such a great track to drive on um i think maybe the cars now are a bit too big a bit too long for emla um but even last year we had some good racing um although sponge said drs <laughs> word um i think last year was a bit too short um, right. So I think for this year they have uh, extended it, so hopefully that will lead to a bit more uh, overtaking. Yeah, so they've uh, yeah they've extended the uh, DRS zone and they've changed it. Um, it's still only one of them, um, but it's been expanded. The previous detection zone was placed at turn 18. However, this season it's been brought forward to the entrance of the first Rivaza turn at turn near turn 17. Um, so the length of the detection zone has been extended in the hope of promoting more overtaking opportunities. Um, do you think? Let's go to our guest, uh, George. Uh, are you a fan of the DRS overtakes, uh, or are you against it and it should be dropped? I think it's a necessary evil in modern Formula One racing. Unfortunately, I don't like it in the sense that. I don't like the, as Eddie Irvine says, I don't like the push to pass. I don't like that. Mm. I just want to see drivers driving. Yeah. But with how the cars are, with the dirty air effects, with how sensitive the aerodynamics are, you need it to pass. Without DRS at Imola, we wouldn't see any overtakes. I think even with the DRS, like you said last season, Uh it was a struggle. That's why they've extended it. So I don't like it in the sense that it's artificial, but it allows the drivers to overtake. I think with the cars, you know, the way the cars are at the moment, they have to have it. Yeah. Otherwise, even circuits like Monza, even circuits like uh, Baku, uh, tracks like Silverstone without DRS, there won't be any passes at all on track. Yeah, and that's so, that's a failure of the cars at the moment, isn't it? You know, it's obviously they're kicking yeah. off so much dirty air. We'll hopefully see a lot of less of, less of that next year with the way we're doing. They're having obviously ground effect um, aerodynamics. Um, Fingers crossed. Uh, do, do you have an opinion on uh, on what you're looking forward forward to the most over the weekend? Obviously, I don't want to dwell on DRS for too long because I think Sponge is going to have his little uh, mention about that in a moment. So, uh, <laughs> what, what are you looking forward to from the weekend the most? I'm looking forward to the battle between Verstappen and Hamilton. I want to see how that shakes up. I mean, Verstappen was obviously quicker uh, in qualifying mm-hmm. in Bahrain. But Hamilton and Mercedes did them on the strategy. And I think they part- did that partly because Sergio Perez started at the back. Yep. They had two cars at the front. They had Hamilton and Bottas both at the front. Uh-huh. So they could play the different strategies. Yeah. With Perez, with, with, with all four cars hopefully having a good qualifying and a good start to the race, it should be a lot more interesting. I'm really, really looking forward to the tactical battle between the two teams. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, obviously the Red Bull is... Apparently, the, uh, the the highest speed, um, the sorry, the, the the better car this year. Sorry, um, mm. do you think Mercedes will have done much in that three weeks off to, to kind of level the playing field at all? It's hard to say. I mean, probably they they upgrade the cars all the time these days. But three weeks in F one terms, I mean, they could gain a couple tenths maybe. But the gap in qualifying in Bahrain was four tenths of a second. That's big. Yeah, that's a big gap. I don't think they'll have closed it. I think we'll probably see Max Verstappen on pole again, but in the race, if if Hamilton and Bottas are second and third, yeah. Mercedes could out-strategize them again. Yeah, and do you think that's because of uh, uh, something I said last week uh, in terms of Red Bull being out of uh, out of touch with, with the with the being at the front and that they maybe just forgotten how to uh, to control a race from that position? Uh it's it's hard to say. It's hard to say. They've not done it in a long time. They've not been they've not been the fastest team since 2013. Uh-huh. It's a long time. Some of the top brass are still there. Obviously, Horner's still there, and I'm sure some of the people people like Pierre Rockland, I think he's still there as well mm-hmm. from the Vettel days. But not a lot of them. So maybe they are a bit rusty in that sense. Maybe the pressure will show in that sense. But the 
they are really good. They do do the fastest pit stops, for example, consistently. Yeah. They're still one of the best teams out there. But obviously, until they get that first win this season, there is going to be a bit of pressure, a bit of anticipation for that. Absolutely. So we head over to Sponge so he can have his little rant about the DRS zones. Then, obviously, <laughs> we've mentioned DRS. They're they're adjusting the DRS zone for Imola, making it a bit longer. Um, what are your thoughts on the whole of DRS? Get it, get your rant out while you're here, uh, Sponge. We know you want to. Go for it. <laughs> it's it's not a rant. It's just it's just <laughs> a negative comment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a fan. I, I I don't understand why we still need DRS. To be honest with you, I know George George has made the point that it's kind of a necessary evil for being able to overtake, but I, I just can't I can't get past the fact that it's a fake overtake. But and it's like I play devil's advocate here. They do all get that same opportunity. It's not like you know. Only one car gets the, that opportunity to, to to play to use the DRS. They all get that opportunity. They've just got to get within a second of the car in front. Ask George Russell whether he gets the same opportunity as Lewis Hamilton. I'm sure he'll come out with a different opinion to that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> George Russell wouldn't be able to overtake me running down the road. I run <laughs> down the road like a cow in a field. Now, now, we but like I, William. <laughs> we do. Um, listen, I, I think. There's, there's been plenty, in my head anyway, there's been plenty of examples, and I think last week was one of them, mm-hmm. uh, not last week, last race was one of them, whereby you've got, you've got somebody catching somebody, you know, and that old, here's a way of summarising it, right, the late great Murray Walker put it best, it's, it's one thing catching somebody, but to overtake them it's quite another, it just mm. don't apply anymore. Mm. The old, the old part of racing, you, you, you race. You know, you, you get alongside somebody, they defend. You get alongside somebody again, they defend. Now all you've got is a, an open rear wing versus a battery power. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it, that that's that's the only way that you have to neutralise these things these days. And it's it's not the driver anymore. It's not the driver. It's not two drivers being able to get alongside each other and have a battle for four laps, because by the time they've by the time they've got one lap round, DRS has gone. All right, you, you can go. Bye, and that's it. Yeah, I absolutely see what you're saying. Completely, I agree with aspects of what you're saying, but I I, I, I do also kind of agree with what George is saying. It's pretty necessary at the moment with the length and the and the width of these cars. They just need that extra boost, and the fact that, that how much wake is coming off the car in front uh, it's just creating too much for cars to kind of get close to do to, to do those overtakes that they probably would be able to do um back in you know 2000s and pre that era um so yeah you've had your, you've had your uh, your little rant oh sorry you you, you had no, I, was, idea. I was going to ask a question on the back of that right okay which i'm interested to, to hear george's opinion on this as well hmm. you asked the question earlier about what do we think about the new format? You know, the the um, the reverse grids and that kind of thing. Sprint race, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and also, how do we think that the race at Imola is going to go? Because obviously, a lot of people don't think that you get very good racing at Imola, mm-hmm. um, and don't think that it should be on the the calendar as a result of that. Are we possibly two two to three years too early to be testing these things out, given the fact that we we've still got DRS, given the fact that we've still got the old cars. Mm-hmm. You, you said about you know there's there's going to be there's going to be tracks where you can't kind of you know you can't overtake and yeah whatever you know is, is it going to be exciting? Are they going to want to come from behind and you know can they follow and can they do? Uh, if we're trialing it this year with cars that really struggle to follow each other, yeah, is it going to be kind of canned before it really has chance to take off? If yeah. you don't like that question, yeah, I think, I think feel free be. to edit it out. <laughs> <laughs> no, carry on. <laughs> carry on. An- answer the question. Sorry, George. You carry on. No, no, it's okay. Um, no, I agree. That, that's I totally agree, Sponge. That's part of the problem. Like that's because obviously you're getting you're getting the big regulation changes next year. That's that's for why for me the sprint races seem a bit potentially redundant. It's a bit of a it's just for me it's a gimmick in a way. Yeah. It's you know. 
I mean, you say, I mean, yes, DRS passes do feel a bit artificial, but what's really artificial is saying, okay, Hamilton, you were fastest in qualifying. Verstappen, you were second fastest in qualifying. You'll start 10th, you'll start 9th, just to make the trailers more action. For me, that's very artificial. Yeah. But, yeah, I I agree. I, I don't, it's a bit of a strange time to be testing it out. I think they're possibly doing it just in case we get a second or a third or a fourth. I don't know how many waves have been now, but whichever one's the next one, just in case they have to do double headers or yeah. just to get the race count up in some disaster scenario. I don't think that's going to happen, mind you, but I think they're possibly planning for that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to answer your question as well. Uh, obviously, it's it's, it's, a, it's an interesting concept and an interesting question. Um, I do think they're probably... Well, I think they're trying it too early because the cars are going to be completely different next year. We're going to have the ground effect. Uh, the cars hopefully are going to be able to follow each other a bit more. Do they need to keep DRS on there? Hopefully not, really. Maybe they'll test it for the first year and say, oh, we didn't have many overtakes, so we'll keep the DRS for the following year. Or, no, you know what? The, the cars were powerful enough and got close enough to overtake quite easily. So maybe we can drop the DRS for the future. Um, as for the, uh, the the sprint races and that sort of thing, I'm I'm all for it give, to giving it a go, and they can just use it as a kind of a benchmark um, for future uh, discussions uh, for future seasons. Um, do you want to answer that question, Adam, at all? You want to add your two pence into that conversation? Um, just what you said about you know trying it too early. I think they're mainly trying it this year for logistical reasons to see how it would work in the format of the weekend. Yeah, I don't think they're looking at it in a way of you know, spicing up racing this year. Mm-hmm. I think they're just looking to see how it would affect the weekend and how the car, you know, how it might affect the cars going forward. Um, I think it's just uh, you know, as we said before, trial. It's just to see will this work. You know, how much is going to cost the teams. You know, will it make much of an effect on you know the grid for Sunday? So I think it's just mainly see how it works rather than whether it will spice up the racing or not this year absolutely absolutely um well we'll we will see we shall see we did kind of digress from our, our topic um that we were on at the time um but we can get Sorry. back onto the <laughs> it's okay no problem at all we'll, we'll forgive you sponge that's no problem because it was well worth discussing those let's get back to the emilia romagna grand prix uh, it's at the autodromo enzo Edino ferrari uh, Imola, as you probably all know it as. The length of the track is 4.909 kilometres, uh, which is a race distance of 309.049 kilometres. And we're going to have 63 laps there. Now, the lap record is held by none, no one else than Lewis Hamilton. Uh, and he did that in 2020. And that was at 1 minute 15.484 seconds. Are we going to see that that fall this year? Do you think are we going to get a better, faster lap this year, Adam? Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember if there were any faster in Bahrain this year than there were last year. Um, with the downforce of the loss, I know they were fast in um testing, but then they were using softer tires yeah. in testing as well, and probably running the engine modes a bit higher. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd say probably not. No. And the, the cars have actually been, dis, dis, well, the, the regulation has changed that to, to, to make them cars are very slightly slower, isn't it, with the uh, with the rear wing, rear wing changes. Okay, so the first GP for Imola was in 1980. So they've been uh, racing there for a long time. Um, the tyre selection for this weekend is the C2, the C3 and the C4. It's the middle of the range uh, set of tyres. And as we've uh, mentioned, the updated times are slightly earlier than you were expecting uh, as per... Um, the original calendar layout so we're going to be starting earlier um, and be able to see all the racing a bit, a bit earlier what are you expecting from the race uh, sponge who are you expecting to be on the top step who are you expecting to be second and third uh, and who do you think will dnf i'll uh, uh, let, let, DNF... Let, me cut, let me cut in there dnf will be mazaspin yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> obviously Voldemort, as we call him on our show what do you call him sorry voldemort, voldemort. <laughs> <laughs> He or shall not be named. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> um, oh, I think Verstappen will win by quite a way. Okay. Um, I think Perez might even nick second if they can get the car to go. Yeah. Third, uh, Hamilton. 
Okay, so going plain safe there, there, I think. There, yeah, you've got to put him there or thereabouts, haven't you? Yeah. Um, I, I think it's going to end up quite predictable. Like, you know, when I say predictable, like, you know, Red Bull and... Um, Red Bull and Mercedes fighting it out at the top. Um, it'll take until lap 19 for Ferrari to actually realise that they're racing. Um, <laughs> and then they'll call their strategy from there, as usual. Do you think they're going to be uh, strong this weekend in the in, in Imola? Obviously, they're going to have expectations of, of fans. Uh, you know, the local the locals wanting their team to to do well. I, I think they probably will. I think it's good for them that there's going to be no fans actually there at the track. Right. Um, I mean, if if there's anywhere in the world that you know your home Grand Prix puts pressure on you, it's mm-hmm. it's. Italy with Ferrari, um, so I think yeah, in the grand scheme of things, it's probably best that there are no fans actually there. Yeah, they're obviously going to want to do well. Uh, only time tells with Ferrari at the moment. They did all right last week, uh, last race. Mm-hmm. Um, if they can carry it on, then great. If not, I don't think it will be any surprise that they're kind of you know in or around the mid table. Um, as long as they're not further forward than McLaren, I'll be happy. <laughs> yes, we want to make sure McLaren are ahead of them uh, as not so secret McLaren fans over here. Adam, what are your expectations from the race? You know, all the all the steps. Uh, who's going to DNF? We already know what you're probably going to say uh, for that one. Um, but give us some expectations from the weekend. Yeah, uh, quite some response. I think um, Red Bull need to sort of hit back after Varian. Mm-hmm. I think they really need to sort of get a one-two. Or at least they won three. Um, yeah. To really keep themselves in the championship, they can't let Mercedes start to build that gap this early in the season. Um, and confidence as well. Um, so I think for Stappen first, hopefully Perez second, and then Hamilton third. Okay. I think Perez, you know, I think if he had started from eleventh in the last race, I think he would have finished on the podium. Yeah. So if he yeah. if he can start somewhere near the front. In this race, I think it could do well. I think uh, DNF. I think the Tifa, just for okay to be different, uh, just to be different. different. Okay. Yeah. Uh, have you got any expectations from? Obviously, you're, you're a McLaren fan as well. Any expectations from your Orange boys? Yeah, it'd be interesting to see because they didn't do so well there last year. But I think that was because they just switched to their new front nose concept. Right. Uh, before that, so I think they're still struggling with that. So hopefully we'll see some improvement. Um, and there's not a lot of, of um, slow-speed corners, which should hopefully suit the McLaren. So I'm hoping for a 5-6 in qualifying, maybe a 4-6 in qualifying for McLaren. Oh, okay. And, and where do you think they'll finish in the race? Do you think they'll be 4th and 5th? Or somewhere yeah. around there? Yeah, 4th, 5th. Just right behind the front runners would be perfect. And which which one would you prefer to be above the other? Lando. Lando, obviously. yes. It's got to be Lando. All <laughs> Lando fans. Okay, George, you're, you're up. Uh, what are your expectations from the weekend? Well, like I said before, I think Red Bull do have the fastest car coming in similar. Yep. I do think that Max Verstappen will win. I don't think it'll be easy, though. I think, yeah, in qualifying, Red Bull have the edge, but in the race, it was very even between them. I think, yeah, Verstappen had a little edge probably on Hamilton because of the tyre strategy, but there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think Hamilton and Verstappen will fight out for the lead. I do think it will be Verstappen that wins, and I think that'd be great for the championship. Two different, two different drivers and two different constructors winning the first two rounds sets us up for a good, um, sets us up for a good season, hopefully. Yeah. And third, I think Perez. I could I could see a Red Bull one too, to be honest. I could see that happening, but I think Perez will finish third. I I think I think he's comfortably better than Bottas as a driver to be honest mm-hmm. like you said Adam if Perez started 11th like he was meant to he would have finished on the podium last week uh, in Bahrain albeit with a Mercedes blunder in the pit stops um, and I want to see I want to see McLaren do well as well Ricardo almost got a sorry uh, Ricardo did get a podium at Imola last season yeah driving for Renault and, a, and I'd argue a, a less competitive car than what he has now uh-huh. finished 7th last time in Bahrain, but that was with wing damage. So if he if he avoids contact in the on the first lap, he, he's an outside bet for a podium for me. 
as is maybe even Charles Leclerc. Okay. He did really well at Imola last year, and he can drive the wheels off that Ferrari, even if it's not the best car. Yeah, but it's it is improving, and they they, they showed the improvements at the last race. Mm. So hopefully they can continue the momentum forward. I know obviously they caught they certainly caught our attention in the, in that qualifying and how how uh, how well they were actually doing um, in Bahrain. Um, who do you think will DNF first, Voldemort or Mazaspin, as you call as we call him? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with Voldemort. Do you think he'll make I've, it to the fourth corner this this, this race? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't think he will do. I don't think he will do. I think I, I believe in the spiritual powers of people willing things to happen. There's millions of people around the world willing him to crash, <laughs> and, and it happened last time, so it could happen again. <laughs> Plus, that Hass is an absolute dog to drive. It looks. Awful. He does. Both both Haas drivers spun last uh, last time out in Bahrain, uh-huh. and Imola with its harsh curbs and little runoff. I think both of them could retire, and that's no bad reflection on Mick Schumacher. I think he's an excellent driver, but you can't polish a turd. No, that's all I'll say. No, absolutely, <laughs> I completely agree. That car is uh, is a terror, terrible car. Um, Sponge, mm. what what do you want to say? I was just going to add, uh, Coops has uh, sent his predictions in as well. And I, I think I've actually uh, just kind of nicked his prediction without <laughs> realising it. Because he went for Stappen, Perez, Hamilton with uh, Schumacher at DNF and Fastest Lap for Perez. Okay. So that's that's the that's the Koopmeister's predictions. Ah, okay, brilliant. Well, it's very likely. I, mean, I think uh, everyone's saying that, that the Haas is probably, or one of the Haas is going to be uh, not finishing the race. It's interesting that he's chosen Mick Schumacher as the one. Uh, I guess maybe because it's his turn. Uh, Mazaspin had his DNF last week. Uh, it's Mick Schumacher's turn, according to Coops. Um, I'm going to say my predictions for the weekend. Uh, I'm going to say. I'm going to say. I'm going to say Lewis Hamilton is still going to pull it out of the bag. I just, I just think that after the last race, he just really proved that he can even drive not the fastest car uh, and, and get it into positions that, you know, um, maybe a driver of not such talent could. Um, I know a couple of you are shaking your head there. Um, I'm going to say... Just for the record, everybody, Tillery's sat there in his Mercedes T-shirt. <laughs> He's got Mercedes face paint on. <laughs> he hasn't really. Hamilton poster in background. Uh, <laughs> not quite. <laughs> like, I, I'm a British supporter, so there is a British bias. Absolutely. Um, I wear my McLaren t-shirt all the time, too. I just so happen to be wearing my Mercedes one today. Um, but, yeah, I think I think Lewis will pip it to pip him to the post uh, and he'll he'll be the one that, that gets it on the top step i think max verstappen will be third uh, second and then perez will be third and i think bottas will probably i don't know i, I think he's gonna have a, a terrible race and being like seventh or eighth or something like that um as for the papaya team one of the other teams that i obviously do support because they've got they're a british team and they obviously have a british driver um i'm gonna say McLaren are going to be there. They're going to sweep up the rest of the points, uh, the rest of the big points in fourth and fifth. Uh, and I think Ferrari will uh, will hopefully be around that uh, around there as well in terms of uh, you know sixth and seventh maybe um, or sixth and eighth or you know um, I think DNF will be the obvious, and we won't need to <laughs> mention his name anymore. Um, and I'm going to say fastest lap, mm, fastest lap will be Max Verstappen. I think because he'll be in the second place, he'll want to maybe go in for a, a fresh set of tyres and come out and do the fastest lap. I put I put my fast lap as Bottas because he's usually like fourth, but so far ahead of everyone else, he usually stops and he's gets fresh no tyres at the yeah. end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Goes the fastest lap. Yeah, you could be so right. I put Absolutely. Bottas. Yeah, could be right. You had your hand up before as well, Adam. Did you want to say something else? Yes. Um, no, it's just about Haas. Um, I was reading an article the other day. Um, Schumacher had said that uh, no, there's no reason Haas can't fight for Q2 this year. I was like, have you driven the car? <laughs> have, you, have you seen what happened in Bahrain? 
How are you getting into Q2? You can barely get out of Q1 out of the pet pet lane, <laughs> let alone out of Q2. So that was thought it was funny. Can't guarantee anything. <laughs> no. And uh, Danny's made a few predictions as well. He's also put Verstappen on the top step. Uh, he thinks Hamilton will come second and Perez third. DNF is, of course, Mazepin, as everyone else has mentioned. And his fastest lap will be Danny Rick in the Papaya McLaren. So, yeah, that's uh, quite a good prediction. We shall see who, out of the out of all five of us, six of us, seven of us, however many predictions we've uh, put forward, who actually got the most right. I think it's going to be me. <laughs> <laughs> One's got to be right, surely. They can't well, all three of us right. had near surely. enough to see him result, so... <laughs> One of the score will be right. Yeah, we're not far <laughs> yeah. off. I mean, Joe Joe's also put the uh, very similar uh, predictions to Danny. Um, apart from her fastest lap was Norris, um, so it's just the opposite, opposite McLaren um, car. So, yeah, yeah, but Joe meant Norris from Coronation Street. I <laughs> think <laughs> <laughs> I think Ashley. That's the wrong one. <laughs> 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 that's spot on <laughs> amazing that's got to be kept in that's fine, keep it in <laughs> <laughs> ok now we'll go on to our questions from our fans, we've had a few questions on the page and in the whatsapp group uh, thanks very much for submitting those we'll first go to the question sent in by Darshield Nagda I do apologise if I've said your name incorrectly but it's Darshield Nagda um, from our WhatsApp group, uh, he asks, with how the first race has gone, does Verstappen have a solid chance of becoming the youngest champion? Adam, we'll go to you first. I don't know. I think we'll need to see how these next couple of races go, um, whether he has it in him um, to you know, do that, the charge for the championship. I think Hamilton, Hamilton is so um, well-versed winning championships now, he sort of <laughs> can do it with his eyes closed, so or, I think or on be, three wheels, as uh, yes, or in three wheels. So has, I think, um, I think for Stappen, we'll have to do a Rosberg and really dig deep. Yeah, George, what do you what do you think? What, what's your answer to that question? I've just I've just done some quick maths because I thought, would he be the youngest champion ever if he won it this year? And he wouldn't be. Uh, oh, okay. Hamilton and Vettel both won their first championships. Uh, twenty three, I think, according to this. He's twenty four, is he now? Oh well, there yeah. you go, Darcy. Twenty. He's too too old. He's he's already too old. Uh, Max Verstappen is too old, which makes me feel even older. Um, but <laughs> it'd be uh, the youngest Dutchman to win the championship. There, how's that? <laughs> the youngest Dutchman born in, in Belgium to win the championship. Uh, <laughs> Very specific championship. That. <laughs> It's his though. It's his. <laughs> yeah. If he wins it, uh, but do you know that will be his whether he's thirty, whether he's forty, whenever he wins his first championship. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about his uh, championship hopes though. Do you think he's? Do you think he's got it in him to win it this year? Absolutely, yeah, I do. I think he can do it, but he's got to cut out some of the mistakes that he does make, and we don't know what he's like in a championship battle yet. He doesn't, you know. We've seen him like last year. He was unbelievable last year. Apart from one race, Turkey, uh-huh. under he, he should have won that race for me, but made a mistake while trying to pass Vettel, I think it was. Made a move that he didn't have to make. He's got to be wiser when it comes to that sort of thing. And I think, to be fair, in Bahrain, he was. I think he could have just not let Hamilton back through, would have got a penalty, and yeah, he would have finished second anyway. But he wisely decided, you know what, season's long, I can have another chance at this, I'm going to get a penalty. It's going to make me look bad as well. Yeah. I'm just I'm just going to let him back through and try again. So I think he has matured a lot. But the other thing as well is reliability. Uh, he has to break his voodoo in Italy. I don't think that's something we've talked about. He retired from all three Italian races last year. Yeah. All mechanical failures or collisions that weren't his fault, in my opinion. So he's got to get a bit of luck on his side too. But I think Red Bull, they do have the fastest car at the moment. So, And he's an incredible driver. So yeah, I think he could be champion this year. I don't think he will, to be honest. I think Hamilton will still do it, but I think it'll be tight. Yeah, 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 I, I, I agree. Um, I, that's, that's my hope anyway. Um, I do think Hamilton's still got this year's. Um, 
eventual season in the bag. Um, I just hope it's really, really difficult for him. And that's what that's what that's all we want as fans. It doesn't matter who wins, really. To 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 the majority of fans, it's as long as the uh, the, the journey there is is difficult and fun uh, and entertaining to watch. Um, what one interesting point I saw in a comment on some on one social media um, post earlier today was uh, that Honda have obviously pushed because it's their last year in in formula one as honda um they they might be pushing their engine too much so therefore we might see reliability issues later in the year and i thought that's probably quite an interesting thing obviously the the car is quite quick this year it's we we've all kind of commented that it's going to be the fastest car on the grid and it is the fastest car on the grid could it be that honda have really kind of Put everything into this engine, uh, and they're going to they're going to push it to its absolute limit to make sure they finish on a high. Uh, and could we see um, issues later in the year where they take penalties for uh, for en- extra engines? Uh, you're nodding your head, Adam. Do you agree? It's hard to say because I think you know with the restrictions on engine modes, um, I don't know how hard they'll be able to push the engine. Right. Um, but yeah, I agree. They might want to you know give their all for last season and really try to see what they can do with it. Mm-hmm. But it's not the first time that Rebels had reliability issues with any engine. They had plenty of reliability issues with the Renault yeah. beforehand. So whether it's Honda's issues or Rebels issues, who knows? We don't know. Sponge, what what are you what's your opinion on that then? So do you think Max could become champion this year? Obviously we've worked out he won't be the youngest champion. Um but do you think he'll he'll be able to do it? Do you think he's got what it takes? No, personally not, no. I okay. think the first race proved the fact that... I think Hamilton's just too wise for him. And I think if I was if I was to compare Verstappen to anybody, it'd be Gilles Villeneuve. Because okay. everything has to be done spectacularly. And I think... I, I can't remember who it was that said it. It was either Adam or George that said it. Yeah. He... He is too, not necessarily immature, but he just wants to do everything yesterday. And it's like, oh, you know, he, he rocks up on the back of a car. And it's like, I've got to get past him now. Yeah. But no, have a bit of a race. You know what I mean? Set him up, get him over a couple of laps. Yeah. Like, like the racing used to be and stop lunging in to drivers that you don't necessarily really know what they're going to do. Absolutely. Uh, I said this a while back, and you all ridiculed me, but I, I still say it, and I, I've not changed my mind. I don't think Max will ever be a world champion, and that's that's a controversial thing to say. But for that very reason, I don't think that he he has it in him to be able to build a world championship out of a whole season of driving. You know, how do I put it? I I don't think that he can put a full season together whereby he wins enough races to 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 win a world championship. Because I I don't think he's I I don't think he's as uh, calm and considerate as you need to be to be able to do it. When he's out front, he's amazing. You know, when he's in the wet, he's he's incredible. Yeah. But when when he's like you know in a position like he was last last uh, last race, the team blew it for him last race. I personally think because I don't think the team should have let Hamilton back through when they did. I think there would have been a, a much better place to let him through, and once that was done, that it was blown then. But I mean again, I I think coming back to the the immaturity of Verstappen's. Um, kind of race plan, game plan, whatever you call it. I, I just don't think he's got it in him. Certainly this season, I don't think he's got it in him. Okay. Well, it's inter- well, definitely an interesting uh, addition to the conversation. Um, I, I I kind of agree with you um, about him not winning ever, um, because just because he hasn't shown that he's got a full season's worth of of control about him and i guess i know what you're saying um he's always going for that number one step 
uh, on the podium, which is great to watch. It's entertaining for the fans. He's got a massive fan base because he's also is always so exciting. He's always so kind of thrilling, and all, he always wants that next position, and he always wants to get past the next person, past the next person. Um, what he doesn't, what he doesn't have, is that the mind to go. Hang on. Uh, you know, 18 points in the championship is better than no points in the championship. Uh, I'll take second. I'll take the third because those those points are are, are needed. Um, go on there, George. Uh, you got your hand up there. You want to add to that? Yeah, just because I, I think it's interesting what you say, Sponge. I see, I see where you're coming from. I think that's a valid point for him now, Stappen. I think we don't know how he is across a whole season in a championship battle. We don't know whether he's going to make mistakes or cut them out given what we've seen before probably make mistakes but all i'll say to that is is that we've had these incredible talents in the past where people's opinions have changed them over time in the 80s people thought that nigel mansell was never going to win a world championship and he did in 92 he matured he got better yes he had a hell of a williams under him as well but he won a championship some people i think james hunt said that so that ayrton senna had struggled to win a championship because he made too many mistakes, he made too many, he had too many crashes. He got a lot of criticism for that. He's a three-time world champion, and people think he's one of the best, if not the best ever. Uh, Michael Schumacher, I mean, obviously, when he had his crash with Villeneuve in '97, he already won two world championships. But the press in Italy were wanting him to get sacked from Ferrari. He said he was not good enough. He's not the right man. Mm. He'd win five world championships between 2000 and 2004, and rewrite every record in the book. So people can change over time. Absolutely, I, I do. I do take your point that he uh, he could struggle now, but he's twenty three. He could he could have fifteen years left in an F one. Yeah, F1. he's got a long career, a long a long career, and a lots of opportunities to do so. Uh, and obviously, he's got such a a buzz behind him. So many people do feel he is the future world champion. Uh, that's got to be founded on something. Um, but we hope we've answered your question, Darshiel. I know you've got another one actually. Uh, a question for us, so I'll go into that one while we're here. Um, Darshil has asked, uh, after seeing the first race, how is the midfield shaping up to be, and who looks to be the strongest right now? I'll go to Adam for that one. Yeah, I think the midfield is going to be where the battles are this year. I think it's going to be the most entertaining part of the year. Um, I think there's so many teams that are you know within a few tenths, and I think it's going to change every race. It would be, you know, one race, one team is stronger, next race, other team is stronger. And a bit like last year, where the most exciting part of the race was in the midfield. Um, I think the strongest team at the minute is probably McLaren. Um, mainly on race pace. Um, but I think the sacrifice qualifying for the race. Um, I think behind them would be um, Ferrari. And AlphaTauri, so at the same level. Okay. And then slightly, slightly behind them is Alpine. Okay. Interesting. Aston Martin, further down? I don't, I don't think they're quite in the midfield yet. I still think they're struggling with the car. Um, we might see them a bit further up um, mid-season. Okay. Um, but I think they're still struggling a bit. Okay. Well, who's your number one uh, midfield team then, uh, George? It's McLaren for me. I think they're clear of the rest. Um, I, I do say that as another McLaren fan, so maybe I'm a bit biased. But <laughs> not, I, I really am a McLaren oh, fan, though. To be fair, <laughs> they all yeah. Just trust me. Through 2016, 2017, 2018, it was very hard to be a McLaren fan. Now it's a very good time to be one. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I'm really happy with them. I'm very um, very confident in the driver lineup as well. I think they got a better driver lineup this year than last year. I think I personally think Ricardo is better than Sainz, and I think Lando Norris this year is better than Lando Norris last year because he's always improving. Yeah. Um, for me, the in terms of the F1 pecking order, there's there's tiers to it. There's, there's Mercedes and Red Bull at the top. There's McLaren, Ferrari, and Alpha Tauri. I think they're very fast Alpha Tauri. I think they could upset a few. I think they would have been up there with Ferrari and got some very serious points if Pierre Gasly finished and Sonoda got a better start. And I think below that, there's another tier with Aston Martin and Alpine. I think they're a ways off, to be honest. Um, I think, I actually think that Alfa Romeo is not far behind those two either. I think those, I think they're up there with them. Yeah, no. So McLaren are the McLaren are the standouts for me in the midfield. I think I think Ferrari or Alfa Tauri could on their day beat them, but I just think they were so solid in Bahrain. 
and Ricardo still finished in seventh, even though he had wing damage. I, I think they're yeah, I think they're going to finish third comfortably. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, well, these these are all things that we probably all think the same. Uh, McLaren is your would that be your midfield t- team of choice, Sponge? Absolutely, without doubt. I think Alpha Tauri are going to be the ones that are uh, the dark horses. I think they're going to probably take the position that Renault were uh, last season and the season before. The you know the kind of the the ones that are kind of the, the top end of that midfield. But I think McLaren are going to stay where they were, and it's, they're just going to be joined by another team if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I agree that Ricardo is better than Sainz. Um, and that Norris is better this season than he was last season. Yeah. Um, he's had at least a hundred eye racing races since then. Um, <laughs> so you know. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I I genuinely think that McLaren. I I do think that they're going to push for wins as well this season, and I do, I do genuinely think that there's a chance this this weekend that they could catch teams on the hop. Um, yeah. I really want to see it. So yeah, first first corner. All we need is Verstappen to take Perez out, or vice versa. Bottas just to wipe out Hamilton, <laughs> and then <laughs> let's let everybody else have a, a rook. <laughs> so basically, the we can only four, hope the front four cars have just got to crash off the track, and then you yeah, know, someone the can... will win. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Just just somebody. Stranger steal. things have happened. So. <laughs> you never know. You never know. But this um, is why we love it, though, isn't it? This is why we keep watching because you know that kind of unpredictability. You know, that feeling that I've got that McLaren could do well. That's what keeps you watching because you just want to see them do well. You want. I mean, we're we're obviously we're all British and we're the British way is we love the underdog, and yep. I think McLaren are firmly now the underdog. <laughs> <laughs> you know, despite their dominance in past decades, they are firmly now the underdog, and then I'd very much like to see them back up there fighting for wins. Brilliant, yeah, absolutely. Same here. Uh, you know, uh, Darshiel, uh, hopefully we've answered your question, uh, but we probably do have a massive McLaren bias because that's all four of us that have said the McLaren. Um, Unashamedly so as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so Darshiel, uh, hopefully we've answered your question. Uh, apologies that you have you are speaking to four McLaren fans. Uh, we, we shouldn't apologise for that because it's great to support McLaren. But I think they are clearly ahead at the moment. You know, uh, there, there was big questions at the start before the uh, cars had been on the track um, about Ast- will Aston Martin be up there? Um, but obviously now the, the rake difference uh, has had an issue um, and has proven to be kind of the, 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 the thorn in their boot, as it were, uh, and has um, put them in, in a in a bad position for this season uh, at the moment. It's something that I'm sure that they will copy off Mercedes and, and get better towards the, uh, the mid to the, the late part of the season. Controversial. <laughs> but let's go to uh, one more question that we've had from, um, it was from Andy, this one. Uh, and it said, how come the Merck team are ruling out using a full rake system uh, like Red Bull? Well, I think that's simple, really. Well, I, I mean, I, I think it's quite a simple answer. It's too much of an adjustment for the car. Uh, if they adjusted the rake of the car, they'd have to adjust so many other aspects of the car um, in order to facilitate that. And that is just too big a job. Um, it's best to kind of go with what they've got and adjust slight things um, to try and, try and negate those issues. Have you got anything to add to that, Adam? Yeah, well, I think it's basically it's such a change in philosophy of the car and how the, the air moves over the car and how it works the diffuser at the rear. I think with the restrictions this year in in wind tunnel time and money spent, I just, just don't think they have the budget to put a lot of effort into that. But for this year I think it's just a waste of resources. Yeah. When I think they're I think they're fast enough with Red Bull that they don't really need to put that much effort into it. Yeah, it, it's it's just not worth the the money it's uh, there are things that they can do um on the car that negate the need for it um hopefully that's pretty much the answer that we can that we can give for it really the they've won what seven six or seven championships with a low rake car uh-huh. um i'm sure they can figure out how to win it with a low rake car again yes absolutely 
Absolutely. Hopefully we've answered your question there, Andy. Um, it's just going to be too expensive uh, and a waste of time, really, because they can uh, they can find uh, 0.2 of a second in other places uh, to get the car up to speed. OK, so that's the questions that we've had from our fans. Thank you very much for sending those in. We really appreciate you uh, contributing to our podcast. Uh, by all means, you feel free to pop the questions on our next podcast uh, request. We will answer them as and when we can. Okay, so all that's left for me to do is promote, obviously, all of our social medias. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at JoinEF1. Thank you very much for tuning in today. Uh, we, we want to thank our guest, George. George, do you want to promote your uh, your own podcast so people can go and head over to yours and have a listen? If you don't mind, yeah. Um, so I help organise and I occasionally host the, the Grid Talk podcast. Uh, you can find it on the F1 Chronicle website, f1chronicle.com. Uh, we also stream our shows live as well on YouTube um, search for F1 Grid Talk on there uh, we usually do our streams like about an hour or so after the race or after qualifying finishes um, and obviously we do the previews as well uh, and yeah and hopefully we should be getting uh, yourselves James or uh, maybe Coops on as well uh, this weekend yep. so if you want to hear more from the guys on everything F1 you can come over to our show this weekend on qualifying Brilliant. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to it. If, if I can't get there, I will send the the ginger bearded coops <laughs> across to uh, to to have a beard off with you. Um, see who who has the. That sounds beard. dodgy. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> have a beard off. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, uh, we're looking forward to uh, obviously appearing on your show too. So everyone, go over to Grid Talk, uh, their podcast. Have a listen. Uh, they've got lots of good insight. Uh, and of course, they've got the F1 Chronicle website as well, where they drop some news on there. You've got a few days to adjust your fantasy teams if you are part of our fantasy league. Uh, and if you're not part of our fantasy league, you can join it. If you've got one of those teams already set up with the F1 site, uh, our code is 7FF60917C0. By all means, join that fantasy league uh, and you can try and win a prize for being the winner of the season. Uh, just head to fantasy.f1.com to join. All that's left for me to say is thank you very much for tuning in today. Please make sure you subscribe to the podcast and give us a great five-star review. That would be absolutely brilliant and it will help our podcast get into the ears of many more fans. So thank you very much from me, James Siller. Thank you very much from Sponge. Say bye-bye, Sponge. Bye-bye, everybody. Have a good uh, week. Thank you very much from Adam. Say goodbye, Adam. Bye. And thank you very much from our guest, George Housen from F1 Chronicles Grid Talk. Bye-bye, George. Thanks again. Oh, thank you very much. See you guys later. Thanks for having us on. Brilliant. Bye, George. <laughs> Bye. Later. Thank you very much, everybody, and we'll speak to you again soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>